Welcome to Managing Marketing, a weekly podcast where we discuss the issues and opportunities facing marketing, media and advertising with industry thought leaders and practitioners. Today, I'm sitting down with Mike Morgan, founder and director of High Profile Enterprises, a company that improves business results for New Zealand and Australian businesses using SEO, content marketing and social media strategy. And that is certainly what they've been doing for us at Trinity P3 for the past decade. So it's with great pleasure I welcome you, Mike. Thanks, Darren. Good to be here. Look, uh, it's been a decade, a decade since we first had that conversation around uh, what uh, Trinity P3 could be doing with high-profile enterprises and how high-profile enterprises could help Trinity P3. It's gone quickly, hasn't it? Yeah, it sure has. (laughs) Ten years. Um, I think that was January, wasn't it? So uh, um, a lot has happened in 10 years. Well, it has, a lot has happened, and particularly in the space of SEO. I mean, we're uh, at the moment going through another of uh, Google's many updates, search updates, aren't we? That's right. And this is something that um, they've been striving for for you know, a long time now. They have always wanted to present the best possible results for their customers and their customers are people using um, organic search and also um, keep it in mind that if they have uh, accurate results, it's easier for them to sell advertising, which is you know where they make their their money. So um, yeah, they, they, it's been a um, ten years of some turmoil, I guess, because every time they make a major change, there's always the um, uh, unintended um, collateral damage that happens. Uh, it's such a complex space and the algorithms that they use are, are incredibly complex that uh, there's almost always someone who's hurt by one of these major updates. And as you said, the uh, the big one that's rolling out at the moment is uh, an update called Page Experience. And this is uh, just another step uh, toward what they've been pushing for since 2015. And that's for all devices to offer good user experience to uh, people using search. And a lot of this is around speed and how pages load. And that's this is the latest incarnation of that. It's been interesting, hasn't it? Because, uh, you know, I remember it was around the time that we started working together that they had the uh, first of what I'd call the, the animal updates. You know, they had Panda in 2011 which was all about trying to eliminate the black hat SEO, wasn't it? Yeah, it was um, identifying thin and um, poor content and um, penalising sites that were indulging in, um, you know, mass duplication. And, uh, you know, back, back in those days, there was a whole industry based around, you know, hacking search results. And um, these people found they could um, develop software that automatically created thousands of pages with slight variations in the content, all all machine generated, and that would still be effective enough that that would bring you know tons of people to their site and allow them to sell whatever they 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 wanted because they're able to dominate the search results. So, yeah, Panda was a big one because it was one of the first. Uh, of their major updates that was seen to be punitive. 
and to um, to target people who were, you know, involved in malicious behaviour. And it was quite welcome, to be honest. Well, that was the era when, you know, it was just about identifying search keywords and filling pages up with uh, with those keywords. Yeah, very much. All, all of those black hat techniques, which give terrible experience to people actually visiting these sites, um, you know, were gradually targeted over a period of several years uh, before Google moved away from the punitive type of update to one that was more encouraging people to get up with the play and give their customers a, a good experience. Well, I remember at the time, Mike, because you looked at our content, you know, I think I'd been writing a blog irregularly, and I say irregularly since 2006, um, but you were surprised because, you know, I hadn't actually used any of these SEO black hat techniques. I, but then again, I hadn't used any of the white hat techniques and had quite low uh, traffic and authority, didn't I? Yes. Yeah, it was, um, I think everyone at that time was finding their way. They, you know, there are a lot of people that realise that this is a really good way to communicate with people. Um, but there are certain, you know, important SEO aspects that have to be addressed and uh, there has to be, the content has to be, uh, uh, I suppose, created for a demand that's already out there. This, you know, we, as we found, there's no point in ha having these small updates that didn't really serve a purpose. Um, you know, social media is fine for that, but if you're actually creating content, it needed to be a little bit more um, in-depth, a little bit um, you know, more targeted with what was going on. And so that, that this, you know, as the search engines were changing the way that they ranked content, this is about the same time that we started working on ensuring that the, um, the, the content met all of those standards. Yeah. And then uh, the next animal off the list after Panda was Penguin, um, to, uh, 2012, I think it was, when they targeted, uh, you know, spammy links or backlinks. Yeah. And that was a major, that, that caused uh, huge consternation. Uh, because a lot of people had been using uh, a, a strategy that all backlinks were good, <laughs> it didn't matter where they came from. And so there were all sorts of mechanisms to generate thousands of backlinks. And the majority of these were not seen to be um, of, of any reasonable quality. They were coming from sites that had been set up purely for this. And some of the some of the big the big sites that were hit in the initial sort of move of um, or a release of um, Penguin were the big article marketing directories. And, and these had been abused for several years with people uh, who, who were publishing literally thousands of articles to generate backlinks from, um, from some of these big sites. Now, these are, these are pretty much faded into obscurity because of the Penguin update. Um, but there were also other ways, you know, you could get them from um, links from all sorts of dubious places and uh, the, the the downside of the whole penguin thing was once people realized what it was all about and how they had to play by the rules it also became a, a a way to actually attack your competitors because sites were being penalized for for poor quality backlinks what people started to do was to do negative seo uh, which was generating thousands of low-quality backlinks from really dubious sites and aiming them at competitor sites. So it got quite quite rough there for a while. 
And so they, in the end, to try and counter this, Google created a disavow tool where you went through a fairly complicated process of identifying all of the links that you didn't actually build yourself and you wanted to get rid of. And uh, you created these files and that allowed um, Google to review your site and, um, you know, and hopefully to put you back into your previous standing. The problem with this was that it took several months for it to actually happen. So for a lot of people, they lost a lot of business while this was all going on. Having said that, I mean, it hasn't really eliminated the uh, the backlinks because I still get uh, flooded with emails, as I'm sure you are, people saying to me, oh, could you just add this link into your article that you wrote in 2012 uh, <laughs> with a do follow and I'll put one in back to you. You know, there's yeah. still this trading in uh, backlinks going on, isn't there? It's, yeah, and links still are really important uh, and you know, people will look at the authority of a particular domain and uh, they will try and find some way to actually get a little bit of that authority either, either through a backlink from an older post, which seems to be a, a fairly common um, strategy, or to send notes and say, you've got a link broken on this post, um, it's going nowhere, I've got a, a piece of content that would suit this perfectly. Uh, so there's, there's a whole range of ways that people are still, you know, it's all, it's almost grey hat. It's right in the middle there. They're using these strategies to get links, and um, uh, in most cases, they don't actually even look to see what the sites are talking about. So you know, it, it's not relevant. Um, and likewise with the you know the guest posting emails that we get all the time as well. You know, there are all of these people saying, you know, we'll pay for this post if you if you have a do follow link. And of course, that's totally against guidelines. There's no way we'll do that. Uh, but it's 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 rife out there, and it's it's there are a lot of people who are breaking the rules and who are, you know, generating links from wherever they can. And most most of them, if they are from you know reasonable sort of sites, they are staying sort of um, uh, out of the crosshairs. Um, yeah, but it, it, it's sort of diminishing returns, really. And look, uh, the same year they also brought up another um, uh, uh, update called Page Layout, which was about advertising, but it didn't fit the animal theme. So we'll move on to the following year, 2013. I think it was Hummingbird, wasn't it? Hummingbird was uh, where they started moving away from point counting for the, you know, the words, the keywords that were found, but started looking at the context, you know, so starting to to almost use uh, an AI in a way that would look at the context that those words were delivered in. Yes. And, and this is, again, um, the, the algorithms getting smarter and smarter. Uh, up until this point, it's, it was fairly clunky and um, people, you know, were using all sorts of um, techniques to get the exact right number of keywords onto a page, and um, it, it's it really created for it created a whole lot of content that was kind of hard to read because it was more focused on on the SEO than it was on the actual um, end user. And so, you know, things like Hummingbird were really welcome because it, it, it gave us you know um, a focus on context, as you said, which which meant that it had to you know. Again, we've got a machine analysing, you know, words, uh, but it just made it a lot smarter. Well, I guess it was a smarter way of picking up where people were just seeding in uh, keywords to get search results on yep. queries rather than actually 
providing them in a context of overall information, I guess. You know, a good example if in our own experience would be, you know, the number of times uh, you see either names or things in, included in websites just purely to get those search terms. I, I can't believe the number of times Trinity P3 appears in very dubious websites uh, when you bother to go down the long list of search results. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's been going on for years as well. And just, I mean, to show how, I suppose, confusing this whole thing is, you know, about about keywords and context and targeting for a lot of companies, you only have to visit um, any one of, you know, a large number of um, uh, SEO um, consultancies or, or agencies. And you can almost guarantee that you can go to one of their SEO pages and they all have exact match phrases linked within their content. I saw one the other day from a, you know, fairly reputable company. And uh, there on their SEO services page was, um, you know, really um, uncomfortable, clunky use of SEO companies, SEO company in Auckland. And it didn't it didn't fit the context. It, it didn't read naturally in the sentence. And then that was linked to another page on their site to flow that, you know, anchor text keyword. And I look at that sort of you know, that sort of behavior and I just go, this is appalling. You're not even thinking about the people that are reading, you know, what you're selling, about what you're selling. Uh, you're, you're trying to manipulate search engines, but it's at the cost of, you know, your visitors, your users. And um, it, it's, it, you know, again, that shows that confusion. Yeah. And look, uh, then the next year, 2014, it was interesting. Um, Pigeon, one uh, Google went back to their... Uh, their animals starting with P after hummingbirds seemed to break the the, uh, the pattern. But uh, it was quite uh, well-named because it was all about location, wasn't it? It was an update that allowed you to search based on your geography and, and use in your search queries things like near me to find the best results geographically. Yes, and this was really useful for um, local businesses. And it, it, it complemented what they've been doing with um, with Google My Business and with the maps results that um, were already appearing in, in search results. It just, it, 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 again, it made everything a little bit smarter. Um, you know, there, with any of these, there are always issues that came up after the fact that they've had to correct. Um, and, you know, this is no different. And but I, th I think with with local businesses, if you're you're in a specific location and you're doing a search for you know a particular type of food, takeaway food, for instance, it only it makes sense that you're going to be delivered someone who's you know relatively close to you. And then there are a range of other factors around how well you know what the reviews are like for this business and um, what their you know authority is and uh, popularity and all of these sort of things play into you know again getting the best possible result in the local area uh, so i think i think again it was an important update and uh, it, it affected those those small businesses in particular do you think it has a uh, potentially negative impact for companies like trinity p3 where we operate globally and yet don't necessarily have uh, offices in every single market uh, that's always always a challenge. 
And uh, I mean, as far as those maps results, they do have have some prominence on pages, and, and particularly with with mobile, uh, they they take up quite a bit of real estate at the top of the page, and and that's the I, I guess the the problem is. You know, virtual offices and you know multiple locations is just not going to cut it. Um, you you really do need to if if you want to be able to rank for those local results, you really do have to have a presence in that market, and the presence in that market is usually more than the office. It needs to be all of those different relationships, um, and some of those are, are, are through backlinks. Um, and you know different site versions or even different domains for different markets. Uh, if if you have a, a dot com site that is uh, that is global and you offer services, you know let's say you you're a, a software service provider, you offer services that they can be accessed from anywhere. Then you're not going to be um, seen as a, a credible um, uh, result for local business, and that kind of makes sense as well because you know people can use those sorts of services from anywhere. Yeah. I um, I guess I just have to rely on people putting in uh, global marketing management consultants near me to, uh, to actually pop up on the top page. Yeah, well, I, I mean, if you've got a really strong presence that, you know, you'll still, you'll still be in the mix. And uh, as far as the, the sort of searches that generate maps results, they are, they are very location-oriented. Yeah, and and people who who type in you know a phrase like um, a particular product or not, and 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 some would say something like Auckland if someone's typing in heat pumps in Auckland or heat pump installers that's what they want. Yeah. So you know um, if you, if you're based in Auckland you've got a pretty good chance if you've got the right SEO strategy to to show up in those maps results. Outside of that, if you're looking at you know global marketing management consultants, that's probably not something that you're going to need in the <laughs> results. Well, then, uh, 2015 was, uh, and I love this one, the mobile Geddon. So this is uh, Google flexing their arms about mobile first, but they introduced a uh, an update that focused on how well a particular page on a website was displayed rather than the whole site. I mean, they had a uh, they had a uh, evaluating of mobile friendliness for the whole website, but particular pages were starting to be either upweighted or downweighted by, based on their mobile friendliness. Yes, and uh, again, it was a, a lot of this information was shared through Google Search Console, and the uh, individual pages. You know, a lot of a lot of people would go to the mobile friendly test and put their home page into it, and feel quite happy that they got a, a green result and everything was good. But if they actually had gone through and tested each individual URL on their site, they they in most cases they would have found that they would have been struggling with other um, types of layouts on their site, not meeting the standard. You know, clickable elements being too close together. Uh, you know, the the site not fitting the screen dimensions correctly. A whole whole range of things that were coming from some, you know, pretty average responsive design that went on with themes and so on as well. And so what what we had here was a um, a report within Search Console that said how many pages didn't meet the standard. And uh, again, it was a, a part of the sort of encouragement or coercion to to bring sites up to standard. And I think we've, we've all we remember and still come across sites, you know. 
far too often where you have to, um, you know, scroll and zoom in and uh, in order to read something. And, of course, that's people just don't have the patience for that anymore. Uh, it's only if it's absolutely essential reading that you're actually, you know, uh, with a purpose that you'd actually bother to do all that sort of zooming and scrolling that you need to do with those poor sites. So this this is again about experience, um, about user experience, and uh, making sure that these things all work um, well for the person who's using Google Search to find websites. So they're sort of pushing the web toward um, to make it a better place. Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is when uh, mobile responsive sites uh, became, you know, the, the the word of the day. Everyone was uh, talking about making their site responsive to yeah. uh, to the user. It's interesting, though, isn't it? Because I know from our own experience, what we've seen is the growth of mo users accessing the site from mobile. Uh, the desktop is still popular, but the tablet, you know, the iPad and the like, has actually dropped significantly, hasn't it? Yeah, that, that is interesting. And, and yet, you know, most people have got, you know, at least one of those devices in their homes, uh, and they, they, I'm sure they all still get used as well, but compared to mobile and desktop, it's just nowhere, nowhere near. And the difference from niche to niche is, is really interesting as well. There are, there are some niches that are a little bit more um, industrial, I suppose, uh, where <clears throat> um, desktop is still way up there at 70 or 80% of visitors. And there are others that are, that are more in the, um, in the consumer market um, where mobile is up around 70%. And uh, particularly where you're generating a lot of traffic from Facebook or from um, other social media platforms. Facebook's a very, very mobile dominated these days. And that tends to get reflected. If, you, if you've got a big Facebook presence for a particular brand, uh, then you'll find that your mobile uh, visitors to a website will be uh, a lot stronger than desktop. Also in um, 2015, there was a, a Rank Brain update, which was, again, a, an AI refinement on making sure the content was useful and that it was actually cohesive rather than just, uh, you know, a collection of keywords, wasn't it? Yeah. And this this is really the, the big AI change, I suppose, in the last little while. Um, it, it's... It was eliminating bit by bit some of the poor practice from from the old days, and in that, uh, you know, keyword stuffing or any of those context things um, were were pretty much you know shown to be a thing of the past, you know, which is which is a great thing. So yeah, rank rank brain was really a, a part of the continuum. But it it, uh, it it really ramped up AI and again the intelligence of the algorithms. Yeah. Then it was a couple of years, and there was the and it's never been confirmed officially by uh, Google, but there was the Fred update in two thousand seventeen. Do you uh, do you remember that one? I do. It was it was almost like a, a joke. <laughs> um, they came out because Google hadn't named many of the previous updates they'd been named within you know the SEO communities and so on had given nicknames to these things and so from from memory anyway I think it was um, 
uh, I think it's Gary Isles from Google, he, he joked that he was going to call it Fred. And it just, I think it just kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had a great title, uh, Chief of Sunshine and Happiness. Yeah, nice. what, a, what, a, what, a, what a title to have, Gary. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, Fred, Fred again, it was a, a more refining, I think. It, it wasn't, you know, a, again, directly targeted at one specific, you know, malicious element or, or at, or at um, any uh, optimization, um, specific optimization technique. Uh, it, was, it was kind of, kind of pushing things, again, pushing things all in the right direction. But it did it did shake up um, search results a bit, and again there was you know the, the usual collateral damage, and and people who, who gained from it as well. But it, all of these updates, you know, after the after the punitive ones, uh, are all about gradually refining and making the algorithms more intelligent um, to understand what people are really looking for and, and by putting their searches in context and by putting, um, you know, logical progressions and what people are looking for so that they can pre, um, the search engine algorithm can, can predict uh, as much as possible how they can help the person without them having to, you know, work so hard themselves. And all of these different things like, you know, People also ask, or um, you know, um, some of those suggested searches and the drop down. Uh, some of those are hilarious, by the way, but uh, uh, others can be really helpful. And, and from um, you know the SEO perspective, they, they are really useful tools as well because we can see what Google sees as being you know relevant behaviour, and that helps us to you know find out if we've got any gaps in what we're doing. Yeah, and, and part of that was also the, you know, refinement of natural language uh, processing. So, you know, starting to look at uh, words in the format that they're used rather than in isolation. It was uh, refined even further during that, wasn't it? Yes, and, and that, that becomes a bit tricky, I suppose, when you've got several different versions of English. Uh even before you start to look at other languages, because everyone has their own idioms and uh, you know usage of, of languages that are highly localized. Uh, you know, just have to look at the difference between uh, uh, New Zealand and Australian English. You know, um, that, that's you know, that there's, there's a lot of it we have in common, but there are certain things that will come up and certain usages that. Um, are pretty confusing to search engines, and we certainly find that with uh, with dealing with um, other languages like Te Reo Māori and, and New Zealand, uh, the, the search results in that language are um, uh, reasonably substandard at the moment. Yeah, and yeah, it is one of the criticisms about the internet that so much of the content is in English, and particularly American English. You know, I think there was some. Um, Figure like about seventy percent of all the index content is uh, is in, in American English. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? And that's you know, I mean, obviously these platforms, these massive tech companies, you know, majority of them have come out of places like you know Silicon Valley, um, and 
So that 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 follows on from that. And um, I, I guess the interesting thing from the next few years is we're seeing a lot of um, a lot of work coming out of other areas, and some of the most um, innovative, you know, um, work that's going on out there is coming from Eastern European countries, um, from the Netherlands. Um, and from places that you don't think of as being sort of big tech hotspots. So that's that's going to be an interesting transition. And as that happens more and more, I think the, the approach to other languages and other versions of English will will move forward as well. I, I think it's just, it's lagged a bit simply because of the power of Silicon Valley. Mm. Okay, so then we get to uh, the coronavirus pandemic and uh, Google gives us two updates last year, both uh, Google Core in May and December. What was the, uh, what was the main focus of those? Uh, that's the, there's been a couple of, again, it, it's, it's multi-faceted um, and, and they, they, they haven't given a lot of detail about what these um, core updates have all been about. They they they're a little bit reactive um, to I suppose changes in behaviour, but also it's again it's another step along that that you know path uh, toward constantly improving what they're offering. And you know, and to, and to some degree, you know, they they've played around a bit with obviously the monetization of what they're doing is is key to them. You know. To them being as successful as they are, and so you do see these features um, moving around in, in, the, in the Google Ads sort of area, uh, where um, different different use of you know shopping and layouts and numbers of ads at the top and the bottoms of the page. This this is sort of a, a, a constant um, process of change, and sometimes you know there, there are some you know particular um, niches such as tourism. Where there was almost nothing organic on the first page of results, and they felt, I think that they could they could actually comfortably do that uh, because of the type of people who were searching for, um, you know, say a hotel room in another country. But of course, with everyone everyone not moving around, uh, it sort of <laughs> shifted things a little bit. So. Uh, it's it's a yeah. There's a lot of reaction going on. There's a lot of engineers in there, and, and you know, uh, others who are who are working the whole time to try and solve problems. And uh, and you've got something as big and as as you know, um, you know, covers the entire globe and has yeah. massive massive amounts of searches every day every hour. Um, you know, there's a lot of data that they have to go through to find where they're going with these. And they 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 haven't you know that these are sort of unnamed core updates and the lack of information around them. It means there's a fair bit of speculation about what the purpose of some of these is. And and in the end, they find that there are multiple areas that have been changed or moved. And uh, it's you know whereas they used to have almost a daily update of what they were changing in search results, they don't do that anymore because people became fixated on it. Um, I think the thing that you need to continually do is keep on watching those organic results, and um, if something is moving in a you know a slightly negative direction, then work out a way to identify what caused that and um, and make changes to, yeah. to you know reverse that that trend. And what I'm finding more and more in the, in the last, particularly in the last couple of years, 
is that technical performance of websites uh, has become critical. And it's got to the stage where smaller businesses um, really aren't able to keep up with the, the technical demands simply because it's, you know, to have that sort of development expertise can be really expensive. Uh, and so, you know, it's just, it's not on the radar for them. And uh, also with things like security with sites, you know, if, if people aren't investing and in making sure that plugins are updated and themes are updated and versions of whatever platform they're using um, are updated, the amount of hacking out there at the moment is extreme. And uh, there are a lot of sites that are, that are getting compromised. And, um, and, and because of that, their businesses are being compromised because Google won't have uh, a site with malware or any sort of um, malicious files on it in their search results. Yeah. And, and this, is, uh, this has got us to this uh, latest update, which uh, is the core web values around you know, improving the user experience by uh, increasing the responsiveness of the content on websites, isn't it? Yes, and, and there's a, a few things they look at pretty closely with this user experience update. When, when they first started giving these um, uh, tests and page speed insights and in Lighthouse and in other, other tools, you know, people looked at it and thought, oh, well, if I can get up to sort of 50-ish, I'm probably doing quite well for mobile speed. And it was quite difficult to get up to that sort of level. And uh, it was only really when we were in the lead up to the page experience update that we started to see what the real intention was. And the real intention was to get every site in the 90s for mobile and desktop, which is the, the green zone, um, which was, you know, quite daunting. And there were very few people in the world who actually had the, um, the technical expertise to be able to do that with sites. And we also had the six tests for uh, um, for Core Web Vitals, and those tests, you know, really important things as well, such as the um, cumulative layout shift, which is that you know really frustrating thing when you go to a site, you're just about to click on something, and just as you do it, shifts and moves, and you mm -hmm. end up clicking on the wrong thing, you know, and it, it happens all the time. So so sites will be punished for having not fixing that issue, whether it's intentional or not. In some cases, it is intentional because they want you to click on an ad so they make money. Um, so then the others are things like, you know, how long, how many seconds it takes or milliseconds before you can actually interact with a page. So when you first arrive at a site and you want to, you know, click on something to have a look at it, it's measuring the time before that page is able to be interacted with. Uh, other things like the largest piece of content on, on the page, how long it takes that to load, and then the first loading of the page. And so all of these things have, have brought um, a lot more focus on hosting and on servers, uh, particularly with server response time and how quickly things load. And uh, what we're finding uh, generally is that people are having to have you know some pretty interesting discussions with their hosting companies about what the capacity is and what the resourcing is for these sites. Because if you want a really fast site, you're going to have to have really fast servers and lots and lots of capacity. And so you know for for a lot of businesses, it's costing them much more money for that hosting environment, but at least they're able to um, get those results you know um, for core web vitals tests. 
And okay. yeah. Mike, I think it's sort of you know, whether you see your website as uh, actually an essential sort of customer interface or whether it's just, you know, I think a lot of companies still think of their website as a brochure on the internet, you know, that uh, if, if you think of it as an essential part of your business, you're willing to invest in that. I know all the work that uh, we've been doing with uh, you and your team around increasing the, uh, the, the performance of the site has paid off for me because I notice now my own experience of going to our site, how quick and responsive and easy it is to use compared to other sites where, you know, you get frustrated and abandon the site because it takes so long to load. Yeah. I, th I think that's going to be an interesting transition. Now, uh, Google has said with this update that it is going to be a gradual rollout because what they don't want is to have a whole lot of, you know, essential sites, really big media sites and, um, uh, you know, government, universities, you know, all of those sorts of sites that it's it's critical they show up well in search results. They don't want them, you know, demoted to page two or page three. And so they're, they're, they're testing and learning the whole way through this rollout. It started um, at the beginning of June and um, they're making changes the whole time. And by the end of August, it will be um, the, you know, the main way that the algorithms work. And so even at that point, there's some debate about how much um, you know change that'll mean, that'll mean, and where the metrics are coming from about those changes. And so we'll, there's a bit of wait and see, but from all of you know all of the communications from Google so far, it has been it's not going to be really dramatic. Don't don't worry too much, but. Sites that are really fast and that have good, good user experience are going to perform better, and sites that don't will perform worse. And that you can't get much clearer than that. Yeah. I think from day one, you know, that uh, one of the things that you kept talking about was that the core focus is not about simply improving the number of search results. That's a measure of actually getting the core right, which is. And I know Google focus on this. Uh, it's the EAT principle, the expertise, authority, and trust, isn't it? If you can develop a website that demonstrates and delivers expertise, does it with authority and builds trust, then uh, you've got a good thing going. Yes, and all, all of the things we've been talking about uh, are part of the EAT thing. So backlinks, you know, um, we, you know who's linking to your site? If you've got a whole bunch of, you know, um, major sites around the world and they're not ones that you can just submit content to, so people are talking about you. Uh, and if you have those and they're government sites or whatever they happen to be, or university sites, and they're referencing your website, then that's, you know, a, a, a huge amount of reputation value uh, for you, your presence. The expertise as well, who are the people involved with the company, what's their history, and uh, you know, are they producing content, what's the quality of the content, who's linking to that content. So it's this, it's this massive ecosystem that, that takes into account who, who's communicating with your site, who the people are within your organisation, and what you're actually doing. Uh, any, anything that can breach that trust line and that's why um, you know security is so important 
that can take a little while to recover from. So if, if you do end up with malicious files, you've got to deal with it immediately and then make sure you go back and, and um, ask for a review of, of where you're at and, and get back up there again because it can take up to months to recover from something like that, particularly if it's a particularly malicious one. Yeah, Mike, I've just noticed the time. It's been a, uh, a terrific conversation going through uh, the 10 years that we've been working with you guys and uh, you've, you, you and the team have done an amazing job over that time. Um, but unfortunately, I'm going to have to wrap it up. Well, thank, thank you, Darren. It's been a pleasure working with Trinity P3. I mean, we've all, you know, we've seen so much change and we've learned a lot and um, it's, it, it doesn't slow down. In fact, in fact, it seems to speed up the whole time, the requirements. And, uh, um, yeah, the Trinity P3 team are, are amazing to work with because, you know, you guys are at the top of your game and the information that you share with the world is, is remarkable. And the, the sheer, sheer quantity as well as quality of, of um, information is, is um, really unmatched, definitely in, in your own niche, but even through marketing, through, you know, um, in a more general sense as well. You guys have done an amazing job. Well, thank you very much. Look, I'm very aware that we've only spoken about SEO. Uh, I'd love to have you back, Mike, uh, and we can talk about uh, you know the other parts, which is the content marketing and inbound marketing as well, and and the role of social media. So perhaps that's for another day. But uh, thanks for your time. I've just got a question before you go. Um, just from your perspective, what uh, if anything? Could uh, Trinity P3 be doing better? Mm -hmm.